Jared Weiss. I am joined by Keith Parrish. Keith, we just had another insane night in play-in basketball. It was probably the greatest night in pre-playoffs basketball ever. I know we've been tracking these things. There's not a lot to choose from. Last year's Trailblazers Grizzlies game was quite good, although everyone has forgotten it. But we got two uh, excellent showdowns, and I mean the marquee matchup. Lakers Warriors uh, historic I would say historic but my understanding is they take the records of all play-in games and they burn them and you can't you can't find them after they're over yeah I'm just counting these as playoff records uh so I mean nobody really was breaking a record of this one but the Lakers did pull it out 103 to 100 and the shot that LeBron hit will not be registered in a record no book, it, but it, it, it doesn't even was, exist it, it doesn't even it doesn't exist, but it was worth a million points. Uh, he gets the ball thrown out to him right as the shot clock is expiring and buries what's basically like a 35-foot three-pointer hot potato shot right at the shot clock expiration to take that lead at the end. And that was the clinching shot to win the game. It was an unbelievable, ended up being the game-winning shot. And LeBron James, as someone who maybe always has his eye on the drama... He's always turning the knobs up for the drama. After the shot, he's basically gesturing at his eyes and he's mouthing, I can't see. I can't see. He's basically uh, Han Solo unfrozen, uh, shooting a little Sarlacc's tentacle uh, away from Lando Calrissi. He can't even see, but he makes the shot. I like the sound of that. Green throws it back up top. James puts up the three. Oh, it's good! LeBron James from downtown as the shot clock expires. And so what was so great about this is, so uh, if he didn't watch the game for some crazy reason, the reason why he couldn't see was a few minutes earlier, he drove the lane on Draymond Green and Draymond Green stuck out his hands to try to stop the shot and accidentally poked, or I assume accidentally poked LeBron in the eye at like, LeBron ran into his finger with his eye at full speed. It looked incredibly painful. LeBron was down for a while. He came back in. Uh, the, he had the best quote talking to Rachel Nichols after the, right after the game was over. He said uh, he, he was seeing three rims out there, so he just aimed for the middle. <laughs> I put in a lot of work in my game. You know, um, you know, after you know, drape my uh, finger to the eye, I was literally seeing three uh, three rims out there. Um, so I just shot at the middle one, and uh, and I was able to. Uh, to the grace of the man above, I was able to knock it down. Yeah, that worked out. It was officially 33 feet, by the way. Uh, and that capped off a great triple-double in only 35 minutes with just one turnover. I mean, this was... It wasn't exactly dominant LeBron, but it was definitely clean LeBron, which is what they really needed. No, I mean, and he was actively struggling. I mean, the first half, the Lakers were a mess, and like him and AD and Schroeder couldn't make a shot in the first half. But to have, I guess, the, the Lakers stick around... You you know, great contributions from like Caruso and KCP to kind of hold the team together and to play like really tough defense and to make a bunch of like big scrappy kind of winning plays. But then to have it end up in one of the greatest players of all time, LeBron, and have him make that 33 foot jumper, just incredible basketball, very, very exciting. And I think everything the league dreamed when this uh, play in tournament was announced. I'm sure I bet, you know, LeBron's talking right now as we're recording uh, right after the game. 
I bet he's saying right now, whoever came up with the playing game should definitely get promoted. No question. Because that was amazing. Uh, you talked about Caruso and KCP. Schroeder also was great. Uh, how many steals do you think they have? Do you know the number? No, I don't. But you threw me off when you said Schroeder was great. But anyway, no. Uh, what? I'm sorry. Schroeder was, <laughs> was up and down at the end of the game. Yeah, yeah he came through. Uh, um, no, but yeah. no. What, what were the steal totals? They had 15 steals in this game. Oh, wow. And I think Draymond deserves a lot of credit for that because he kept throwing these entry passes that get uh, to the baseline cutter. I think it was Wiggins most of the time uh, that were getting turned over. Uh, Michael Mulder had like a horrible turnover uh, there in a big moment uh, where he just kind of like dribbled the corner and then lost it. But still, I mean, the Lakers were just incredible swarming. A, dub- a lot of doubling, a lot of blitzing on Steph at the end of the game that really took him out of it after an amazing game. So what's amazing about watching the Warriors now on offense is it doesn't resemble anything else in the NBA. Back after this. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep. You heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Because you have two players running at Steph Curry. Steph Curry gets double team immediately and he has to throw it. He has to release it to Draymond Green, who no one is guarding. And once Steph throws it, he just takes off running to do a give and go because like he's going to relocate and no one's guarding Draymond, but Draymond's going to give it back to Steph. And it looks like a different sport. Like it's not the normal basketball we're used to watching. And I mean, Steph was amazing this game and he didn't get a chance to at the very end to get a shot up. Uh, Maybe they shouldn't have called timeout because Wiggins was wide open in the corner. I guess that's something I I don't know. We could discuss like Steve Kerr got the timeout called, but the double teaming that every team is doing now and the Lakers did in this game to make Steph Curry have to give the ball up. It's so interesting to watch. And again, like the last play, what did you think about that with two seconds left? Kerr gets the timeout. They don't get a shot off. If they hadn't called a timeout, it looked like Wiggins was wide open in the short corner. Yeah, I get I get why he called the timeout. Like Steph, for some reason, he saw the double at the half court line and he didn't try to just pass out of it immediately. It was almost like he thought he was still going to get a chance to come down there and take a 40 footer. And he was just kind of waiting for his opportunity, but there was only like six seconds left in the game at that point. So Kerr was just kind of, I think Kerr started calling the timeout as soon as that happened. And he didn't actually get the timeout until a few seconds later. So, uh, so, you know, it was almost like that was unfortunate at that point, but I kind of blame Steph for the way that he managed that situation, which was maybe just, just about the only like really bad play he had. I mean, it was definitely an incredible performance. I wonder him. if he had a moment of hesitation, worried he wouldn't get the ball back at that point. Cause the previous possession he'd had to give it up. I think he gave it up immediately this time. Maybe he thought, can I split this double team? Can I dribble through? Can I do something different than what I did the last possession? But again, with the clock running down and again, the, the Lakers defense swarming him, he did maybe hesitate. And I, it's hard to say if it would have cost them, but just, Incredible drama, a lot of excitement, and a great ending to that game. Well, let's make sure we establish here. Steph was amazing oh, in this game. Unreal. Fl- Flutter <laughs> game was unreal. I mean, just some of those unbelievable catch and shoots, and he's the only one in the world that can do it. Uh, but just so we don't run out of time here, Draymond Green had just one of the ultimate Draymond performances. He had he had two points over five from the field, 
eight dimes, six turnovers, three steals, three blocks. His defense was out of this world. I mean, just uh, he almost won the game with his defense, honestly. Yeah, I, I opened the box score. I saw D Green 05, and I briefly thought it was Danny Green, like 0 for 5. I'm like, oh, no, that's Draymond Green. He's Draymond Green 0 for 5. That, that, that works as well. No, I mean, the synergy those two guys have, and it, maybe it is Steph Curry has skills that no one else has, and then you have Draymond, who's just this very unique basketball player. And right now, the way the Warriors have established themselves as it's just the Steph and Draymond show. And yeah, you have guys who were doing the role. Andrew Wiggins had a pretty nice game again for them. You have Jordan Poole stepping up, and Bazemore's playing a lot of minutes, but. This team is basically Draymond. He does everything he can to guide the defense, quarterback the defense, and then run these two-man games with Steph. And it's a delight to watch, except when I'm cheering for my Grizzlies against them. <laughs> Which you were going to get uh, on uh, on Friday night, right? Uh, and so the winner of that game will get to face the one seed. It's who knows what's going to happen. Honestly, it's pretty up for grabs. I mean, I, I think, you know, the Warriors are going to be big favorites, but the Grizzlies, you know, they it's a one game playoff. Anything can happen. They've been competitive in all their matchups against the Warriors this season. The Grizzlies, maybe they can build off their win over the Spurs tonight. I like to think the Grizzlies team playing tonight took off, not knowing where it was going to land. And then they told the pilot uh, after the, the LeBron James shot, it's like, all right, we'll go. We're going to San Francisco. I know that's not true, unfortunately. They're traveling on Thursday, but anyway. I mean, it's pretty plausible that it just took off from Memphis heading west. We know they had like, to go west, booked. and it takes several yeah. hours. Yeah. they got to go to California either way. So the Memphis Grizzlies, they beat the San Antonio Spurs 100-96. to They got out to this massive lead right away i mean they were up by more than 20 halfway through the first quarter and then san antonio chipped away all the way until they actually took the lead briefly again in the fourth quarter it was a it was a weird game as you say like the grizzlies got off to this perfect start i want to say maybe it's because they had their first two days off since the all-star break and so they came out just racing and made all their shots they scored 38 points in the first quarter and then from that point on, it was like an old school grit and grind Grizzlies game where no one could make a shot. The Spurs, big stars, I mean, DeJounte Murray and DeMar DeRozan, just abysmal shooting nights. A lot of credit goes to the defense of the Grizzlies, particularly Dylan Brooks with just an, a masterful game on defense, shutting down DeMar DeRozan. But this was just a messy game uh, a scrappy game and the Spurs never really could find their footing on offense and uh, thankfully for me as a Grizzlies fan uh, Memphis is able to pull it out it was funny uh, Jonas Valanciunas had a rebound basically every minute and a half in this game he ended up finishing with 23 points and 23 rebounds and some amazing defense at the rim too. Yeah. I mean, the Grizzlies put on a block party. Uh, I know my guy, Kyle Anderson had four blocks. Jonas, I think he had three blocks, but yeah, the Jonas put up in the first quarter, he had more rebounds than the Spurs had at halftime. He had 16 points and 15 rebounds. He had his 2020 game by the end of the third quarter. Just, they had no answer. I mean, they had no answer for Jonas Valanciunas. The Grizzlies offense is essentially just get it up on the rim and let Jonas go get it. 
Like they don't have good shooters. You know, John Morant wasn't having a great game. Uh, they normally get a lot of production from their bench. Absolutely nothing from the bench. They just, the Grizzlies leaned on their starters and by leaning on their starters, it was, Hey, just get a shot up. Cause if we miss it, Jonas is going to clean it up. And that's why the Grizzlies all season have led the league in second chance scoring. And it's all about Jonas Valanciunas being kind of unstoppable on the inside. Did a lap came out and Valanciunas with hurdle draped all over him, tipped it in. Yeah. I, I did think Desmond Bain was pretty good, but obviously he didn't really like put his stamp on this game, but that's, what's so fun about having jaws. Like the way jaw attacks the rim, he's just setting up offensive rebound opportunities for Valanciunas over and over. And re- really both, both of these games were real kind of trench matches underneath the rim. We really saw in the Laker game a ton of, frankly, like 10 fouls that should have been called that didn't get called uh, under the rim. And then obviously Valanciunas and uh, Yaka Pirtle really uh, battling. And Keldon Johnson and DeJounte Murray were both awesome crashing the glass for San Antonio. These battles, they were in the paint. They were physical. They were violent. And I don't know, was there a league-wide memo to the referees to be like, hey, you know what's cool? Just watching the guys, you know, fight it out. Like, let's let's let some of these calls go. I think, you know, DeMar DeRozan, he ended up with 11 free throws. But on a regular night with everything that occurred in this game, I felt like he would have had 20 free throws. They were really kind of not rewarding the offensive players for diving into the defenders. And I know they've already kind of released through sources that that might be a rule. They revisit in this coming off season about the, the natural shooting motion of offensive players. And, you know, maybe taking a look at foul drawing, excessive foul drawing contact and, you know, contorting your body to hit your defender and get a free throw. And in this, both these games tonight, it felt like the refs were like, <laughs> no, we're not going to call out a foul. Like you, 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 you jumped into him. He, he tried to go straight up and we're, we're respecting that. And I think it made the viewing experience uh, pretty positive. Like I think as someone who had like a lot of skin in the game as a Grizzlies fan, uh, you know, I was just like, Hey, they're letting him play. And it seems like they're calling it even both fan bases are like upset. Maybe you could have called a foul there, a foul there, but it seemed like they were swallowing their whistles. And I typically prefer that fun fact in this game, Memphis out rebounded San Antonio 65 to 60. <laughs> also, low turnovers. Eight turnovers for San Antonio, nine for Memphis. The final score was 196. That's what you would have seen in the Spurs-Grizzlies game in the playoffs like 10 years ago when Zach Randolph and Tim Duncan were both out there. So we've got Memphis versus Golden State. Winner goes to the playoffs. We got one minute left. What do you think is how that matchup plays out? I mean, the Grizzlies attempted to run Steph off the three-point line in their last matchup on Sunday in the final game of the regular season, and Steph had his career high in three-point attempts. So they seemingly gave up all these layups overplaying him and still gave up 22 three-point attempts to him. So maybe they'll try to tweak that strategy it all comes down very simply to can the Grizzlies make like 10 three pointers? Can they make a below league average number of three pointers? If they hit 15, they win. If they hit 10, they have a chance. If they have six like they did on Sunday. Uh, they're going to lose. Well, they went seven for 22. So <laughs> uh, they weren't quite there. Seven for 22 will beat the Spurs. I'm saying against the, the Warriors, that's not going to get the job done anymore. Got to make a few more to be Steph Curry and the Warriors. All right, well, that's going to do it for us today. Don't forget to check out all of our other shows across the Athletic NBA Podcast Network. And don't forget to enjoy some more NBA basketball. We will be back tomorrow morning. Same crew, same place, same time, same amazing NBA basketball. Keith, take us out of here. Ding, ding. Ding, ding.